0: Alrighty, happy Sunday evening from the Guru and the Wiz. I'm all fired up for this episode. Um, this is Wiz's Minnesota Viking podcast uh, that we're going to be doing. Team Summaries, we're well into this and uh, we're continuing down this road. Um, so today it's Wiz's turn for his team, the Minnesota Vikings.
1: How are you today, Wiz? Doing great. It's a real scorcher, and uh, we're in the midst of a, a heat wave here in uh, in New York City. But uh, that's not going to stop us from uh, continuing on with what we love to do, and uh, hopefully helping people. And people who seem to be enjoying the podcast, and getting a lot of great feedback. And uh, we were talking uh, just before we came on here that uh, we have a good idea for what we're going to do in a couple of weeks. When do you want to do that? Like maybe uh, you know, first week of August. In a couple of weeks, we you know, we want to we're going to do we're going to do a a podcast. Uh, we're not sure how many of us we're going to have on the phone. Do this, but we're going to do a podcast where we have a snake draft. And um, if it's just us two, then we'll take six teams each. You know, we'll keep alternating picks. But I think we'll have more than that, and we're going to do a twelve-team. Uh, snake draft, mock draft, where we're not just making picks. I think it'll be fun for people to hear what we're thinking, how we're analyzing it, and the thought process behind each pick. And, uh, I think, um, I think it'll be something different, uh, you know, for, for people to listen to and, uh, just, a, just a different take and, uh, an element to these, to these mock drafts. I love it. I
0: love it. I, I didn't. I, what I didn't love, uh, I don't know if you want to comment it or, or not. I, you know, there was seemed to be a an uproar over some of the stars in the league uh, today about uh, some of the protocols that the NFL has in place with regard to safety. And, and, and I'm just, I'm kind of in shock about it. Maybe the communication hasn't exactly been right, but uh, you and I both know that Roger Goodell and these guys have been working on this stuff probably since sometime in March on this sort of thing and I was a little disappointed to see and hear that and as a potential stumbling block for uh, when things get kicked off do, do you think uh do you think it has some merit or or it's just a little uh games brinksmanship I should say
1: I think they're trying to you know iron some of these things out it's new territory uh, but you know I like the idea you know if if the unfortunate situation happens and a player Uh, test positive for COVID-19. I like the idea that there's no minimum or maximum time that he has to be out. Uh, It should be when you have those two consecutive negative tests that are 24 hours apart. Uh, That's the, you know, what what the the CDC guidelines are that you do not have COVID-19. So I I think they want to be very flexible with that. Uh, Rosters and and everything else. I think, you know, we're going to see... an attempt for a lot of flexibility and, uh, and, uh, and, and all leagues are going to have to adjust and, and come up with ideas. And we're definitely going to talk a lot about that, what our leagues are going to do, what we're going to try and do and give some helpful, uh, ideas for, for your leagues as well.
0: All right. Fantastic. Um, I was actually, was just looking, I was watching the golf today, as I'm sure you were. And, uh, Jack Nicholas and his wife both, uh, recovered from this apparently. So, uh, yeah, just, uh, it's just crazy stuff with this, uh, with this pandemic, that's for sure. But let's, uh, let's get on with your Minnesota Vikings and, um, you know, a little bit of change on this team for the upcoming year as, 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 the, you know, Stefan Diggs moves away. Um, uh, I guess Gary Kubiak will now be calling the plays as to, uh, as Jim Stefanski is now the coach of, uh, of of the of the Cleveland Browns, excuse me. So, so now uh, Kirk Cousins finally got that monkey off his back. Got a playoff win, a big playoff win last year against the Saints. You know, finally won a a prime time game. He really struggled uh, over the course of his career with that. You know how confident are you for for cousins to take that next step? I, you know, I was looking closely at cousins. He actually really got the ball down the field quite frequently with some big plays, and and he did that last year you know, with Adam Thielen being banged up for basically half the season. So. You know, c- can Cousins build upon the success uh, that he had last season? And I know I, he's much maligned as a result of that big contract that he got a couple of years ago. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on, on on Kirk Cousins because he's he's probably not drafted as a number one quarterback, but, you know, could be a guy that could be very valuable uh, for your fantasy drafts.
1: Yeah, Kirk, 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 Kirk Cousins is okay. I mean, when people think, you know, the next step, I mean, he's he's too far into his career to think like, oh, he's going to, you know, get into that elite level. He's he's never going to be that quarterback. Um, He is the type of quarterback that is going to need a good running game. And they play action and big plays down the field off the running game. And the Vikings certainly have that uh, with their running game. That's really what they want to do. So it kind of fits what he wants to do. I think he's like a good quarterback to have. If you have him as your number two quarterback, or if you have two quarterbacks, him and another quarterback of kind of equal ability. I think it's fine, you know, where you could pick and choose your spots because he will put up some fantasy uh, games. He, you know, can run a little bit. He'll, he'll score the occasional touchdown. So he's not a quarterback one, like, lock for sure. But in the event that you can't get one of those five or six guys and then you're down to, like, kind of like mixing and matching two quarterbacks all season long, He's fine, but, again, he's just not the guy that is going to go back there and beat you if he has to throw the ball, you know, 35 times a game. You know, he's he's much more effective off the play-action pass, which is really what the Vikings want to do anyhow. So uh, do you agree with that, or do you definitely have him in the top 12, or kind of same thinking as me with that?
0: No, same thinking as you. He'd be a guy, like, I'd love to match up maybe with someone like, uh, you know, a Roethlisberger or – You know, say maybe a Daniel Jones, that sort of player where you can kind of pick and choose matchups, that sort of thing. So if you're going, if you're employing a strategy where you're not going to pay up for a quarterback, whether you're in an auction league or drafting a quarterback early uh, in a snake draft, I think that's a good strategy to employ to to mix and match with, with a player like him.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think uh, I think that that you know that sounds about right. I mean, I, you know, and, and the good thing is, you know, if you're in a, at an auction draft or a snake draft, you're certainly not going to have to, you know, draft that player uh, with an early round pick or spend a lot of money to get that player in an auction draft. So I think we're on the same page as that uh, where there seems to be a little bit of two sides not being on the same page. It seems to be the Vikings and the Dalvin Cook situation here. Where dalvin cook is uh I think reading uh, uh a page out of uh, out of On Bell's playbook here and holding out and um you know while he's on the contract unhappy with his contract, he surely is underpaid uh he wants i don't know I think at some point he was talking christian McCaffrey money, which is ridiculous because he's not as good a player as christian McCaffrey but uh, it seems the sides were off on a couple of million dollars a year. I think it will probably get done, but uh, it's going to take a little bit of, you know, a little bit of conceding on each side that, you know, one side, you know, he should get more from the Vikings' perspective, and Dalvin Cook's camp has got to be, okay, we got to, like, lower our expectations. But I believe one leverage the Vikings do have in, this nego- uh, in these negotiations are, are Alexander Madison who is a good player, uh, and if he got that number one role, would immediately, in my view, become a top ten fantasy running back. Um, you know, they they run the ball well. Uh, that's what they want to do. And if he's given the ball the amount of times that Dalvin Cook's been given the ball um, – last year he would put up good numbers so the vikings do have madison and i'm sure they feel very good with him but <laughs> they'd love to have Dalvin Cook in the game you know playing from from week one because he's a top five to seven running back uh when he's playing he's uh, electric when he stays on the field so I don't know, how do you think these negotiations are going to go? How do you end up seeing it? Uh, I mean, if if somebody had a crystal ball and said that Dalvin Cook is not going to play the first five or seven games of the season, um i wouldn't be shocked by that i don't think it's likely i don't think it's going to happen but i wouldn't be shocked by by anything when it when it comes to these players in there and the negotiations how how do you see it
0: yeah no look and we saw the way it played out last year with gordon uh you you know in that in in a scenario where i actually made a trade with you to get eckler you know again it was a gamble we didn't know how it would play out and i don't like these strategies that the running backs are employing granted Running backs are getting paid down a bit, and we'll probably be dealing with this with a few other guys in the league. He, he might not be the only one, but it just increases Madison's value. And, and this is a this is actually a deep backfield because if you remember last year too, they had to go all the way to um, uh, to the kid uh, Boone. Um, Mike Boone is on this roster, and they still have Amir Abdullah here, who's returning kicks for them and and catches some balls out of the backfield. So so there is some running back depth here, but for sure, I mean, we've talked about the value of a handcuff and. And Madison, in our eyes, is deemed as one of those top one or two backups uh, in addition to like a guy like Pollard on Dallas. So I think just just enhances his value. So if you are going down the road where you're drafting Dalvin Cook, you better damn well make sure that you're getting Madison on your team and, and the price of him is going up as a result.
1: Well, I mean, th- th- that that's, you know that goes without saying. Where, where, where the interesting-slash-confusing-slash-fun part of a, a draft can be is if Cook's not signed, you know, as we head into week one, that drops his value and moves Madison's way up to the point where you're not quite sure which player you should draft ahead of who and would make it almost impossible to get both players. I mean, it really would make it almost impossible unless you kind of like took them with back-to-back picks fairly early. So that'll make it interesting. But, you you know, I'm hoping Cook gets signed uh, from a Vikings perspective, oh, from a fantasy football perspective, I have Alexander Madison at a great price. So if Dava Cook decides to take the year off, I will not be shedding tears. Um,
0: <laughs> so, so let me ask you, you, you think this will be, I, I, my, my personal view is it will be a pretty seamless transition. We know what Gary Kubiak has done as both a head coach and a coordinator previously. I also should mention, I, you know, the, the the Vikings have one of the better fullbacks. And, and one of the things, that the and we'll talk about this as we get further into that person, but the Vikings were the lowest amount of time spent in 11 personnel of any team in the NFL. Only 25% of the time did they go 11 personnel. So this is a team that likes to play with the fullback, and C.J. Ham is that fullback's name. They like to go two tight ends a lot. I don't see that changing at all. I, 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 do, you, do you agree with that? And, and again, I still think they employ that same strategy.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll make a seamless transition into the wide receivers, and that's basically the reason for this. I mean, I don't love what the Vikings did at the draft at wide receiver. I mean, I absolutely love them getting Justin Jefferson with that. With that, with that first pick, that was outstanding. I, I guarantee you, they never thought that the Eagles were going to take Rieger ahead of um, ahead of Jefferson, and they must they must have made that pick in like three seconds once Jefferson was available. So I love that, but I would have loved to them, you know, with such a, a rich laden wide receiver draft, maybe get another wide receiver a little bit earlier than what they did. They, they're going to play in two wide receiver sets. Uh, Jefferson I think is going to be inside a little bit more. Thielen's uh, going to play the wide receiver position outside and um and you know so what's your view on Thielen? you know there was always the ranking of like people didn't know digs or Thielen, feeling the digs right next to each other people would rank them because they just couldn't figure out the difference so i ask you this with digs gone and now it's a wiki who's going to be complimenting Thielen. in your mind does that Vault feeling up the rankings. The fact that he's going to be paid a lot more attention to by defenses does that kind of keep him the same or move him back? Just on feeling alone with the fact that Diggs is gone and now they got Jefferson, a rookie, in there playing opposite Thielen. How do you see it for Thielen this year?
0: So there's a part of me that says, is th- are we looking at a scenario here that's somewhat similar to what we saw with Juju Smith Schuster? Um, where, where, the, where, the num, where the, one of the top receivers, and in this case Antonio Brown, who, who was a guy that commanded a lot of attention, um, goes away and, and as a result it, it becomes a negative detriment to the, to, the, to the next player in the pecking order. Is this the same type of scenario? I don't think so. I think the volume's going to be there for, for Thielen. I think Thielen's a different type of player. He's more, more established, whereas Juju was a younger receiver. And I, and I think there's a very good connectivity between between Cousins and um, and Thielen as well. So I do worry about a little bit. He will command more attention. Um, so I, I probably have Adam Thielen ranked somewhere in that kind of 12 to 20 range. Um, I, I wouldn't go jumping up higher than that, I think, for him. But I think he'll still have a solid season. I don't think it's quite the same scenario as a guy like Juju, what happened to him.
1: Yeah, I think the, the issue is Juju wasn't, you know... Who was playing him opposite receivers, the fact that Roethlisberger went down, and then Connor got hurt as well, and teams just had nobody else to pay attention to, and he he was banged up as well. So as long as they they get the running game, the Vikings and Kirk cousins uh, is able to stay on the field, i think I think feeling will just be fine. I mean, i I, I don't think his value, quite frankly, uh, changes that much, um, you know, move up that much or move back that much. He's he's rock solid. He will get the volume, um, and he's a, he's a he's a he's a rock solid player. Uh, as far as Jefferson goes, uh, he's going to be out there a lot. The Vikings aren't going to be messing around. He'll be on that field. I felt uh, him, Jerry Judy, and C.D. Lamb were the three most polished. Uh, wide receiver NFL ready in, in you know, coming out of college. And so I was happy to see the Vikings getting Jefferson, uh, you know, but then again, it's not easy for a wide receiver as a rookie to make such an impact. Uh, you know, is Jefferson draftable as far as you're concerned? What's your view on Jefferson? Uh, I
0: mean, I was very impressed with him as a college player. Uh, again, extraordinary circumstances impacting this year, so kind of taints my view a little bit of, of rookies this year, but uh, you know, I expect he's in a great landing spot uh, to succeed. I, li- I like the player. I just, you know, it makes me a little bit nervous in this unusual year, but I, I still think he's a draftable guy, probably somewhere in that kind of, you know, 40 to 60 range, which will be a, a very wide range. And And they have a couple other receivers here. They, they brought in, um, Tajay Sharp from the Titans. Uh, I know, I know, uh, Don Beebe's kid, Chad, is on this team, too. And, and, and the third receiver last year who made a little bit of noise, especially when Thielen was out last year, was uh, Ola B.C. Johnson. So they have a little bit of depth at the position. I don't know how you feel about those guys. But, but the, uh, I think Jefferson is, is definitely going to be worthy. He's not going to be expensive. He's going to be late in your, in your snake drafts, and he's going to be relatively cheap if you're in, in a non-dynasty league for, for uh, auction leagues.
1: Yeah, none of those guys really have distinguished themselves. The Vikings also took A. J. Osborne, who, you know, they they hope figures in their plans, but I see the Vikings being in twelve personnel a lot. And what I mean by a lot, I think more than any team in the NFL this year. And part of that reason is because their wide receiver depth chart is not good. And the other part of that is because Irv Smith is really a wide receiver in a tight end position body. Um he could get downfield, he can be explosive. I'm hoping that first year to second year jump, um, you're gonna see a lot more out of Irv Smith. Uh I think he is a key, key player for the vikings uh i i i think i would draft him ahead of rudolph even though you know maybe people have rudolph ahead of i i don't know i haven't really looked at where people are ranking the viking tight ends but irv smith to me is a key guy because as far as pass catches go he will be the third most um you know the the third best pass catcher on the team after Thielen and Jefferson um, in my view ahead of any of the wide receivers on the Vikings depth chart and ahead of, and ahead of Rudolph. What you're gonna, what's your view on Irv Smith? Do you have him as a top 12 guy? Is he outside that? And you're going to take a wait and see approach, which is the thoughts on Irv Smith? I think Irv Smith is outside the top 12, but he kind of falls
0: into that group of players like Ian Thomas and Blake Jarwin and Chris Herndon and, and and I, maybe Hawkinson, you know that kind of group. Where I think, and in most projections that I'm looking at, they have Rudolph and him kind of neck and neck. I think Rudolph will will get his, you know, four or five touchdowns like he normally does. I think Irv Smith is going to play a different role, as you say, because of the wide receiver group. To begin with, and the way the Vikings like the stylistically, the way the Vikings like to play. So I think Smith has big upside. He was, you know, a rookie last year, so he gets the opportunity to build upon a a fairly successful rookie season. So I like Smith over Rudolph, and I think he's similar to those players that could take that next step up, and and probably a guy that's very underappreciated coming into the season.
1: Yeah, I I think I think you know he'll be he'll be a big key whether the Vikings are have a successful season or not because he really has to make that next step up because the Vikings need him to um and Dan Bailey looked like he was going to be headed out of football a couple years ago he was missing a lot of kicks has married somewhat of a resurgence the Vikings defense is always rock solid especially at home without having that real home field advantage uh so talk about Bailey the Vikings both uh, kickers in the top 12 and defense in the top 12 in your view? Uh, yeah, you know,
0: there's a couple of really exciting players on this defense, uh, for sure. Uh, I, I didn't like the way the secondary played last year. Mike Zimmer being a defensive guy, I, I, I'm sure they will fix that. They, they drafted a few guys as well, so I think I think they'll improve upon where they were last year. So so I can definitely say that I think the the Vikings are a top-12 defense. And I think Bailey has definitely made a nice comeback. And He was an elite kicker about five years ago and, and as was said, uh, really slumped off. But it was unusual last year. He actually missed more extra points than he did field goals. He missed two field goals and missed four extra points. But, you know, it's an indoor kicker as well, which is nice, although he does have to go to Green Bay and Chicago. I haven't looked uh, precisely at the schedule to see when, when those visits take place, but he is going to play nine games indoors because he also plays in Detroit. So I like Dan Bailey as a fantasy kicker. He, he's probably a little bit of a sleeper in that regard.
1: Excellent. So uh, we'll we'll see. Hopefully it will be a good year for uh, the Minnesota Vikings. I'm hoping so, uh, you, know, you know, as a Vikings fan, but there's certainly – uh, a fair amount of fantasy, uh, you know, interesting, you know, interesting players regarding fantasy football on the Vikings this year. So, I guess we're on to the Patriots, right?
0: We are on to the Patriots. That's exactly right.
1: All righty, great job.
0: Okay, good stuff, Wiz. Look forward to catching up on Bill Belichick's boys. See you later.